is Show Notes, the podcast for performance with Emily Edwards. So we are rolling. Um, so I'll totally take the lead from you. Do you want to chat about kind of like the outline of how we can be kind of starting to think about our finances based on your like system of teaching? Yeah, so um, I have a little like recap in mind of just kind of the ultimate basics and like what does every freelancer need um, in terms mm-hmm. of feel secure and that's a home base and the finances in place to keep that in order so that you are worry-free whilst you can afford to travel, do artistic preparation, do the administration that's involved in being a freelancer. And that means firstly making a couple of timelines. So this can be with literally a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen. And you make a timeline, like draw a line across the paper and a one at one end and a 31 at the other and know exactly what goes out of your account on each day, every single month. That is your like baseline. That is the minimum that you've got to cover each month. And that is the minimum you need to have in your account each month. It doesn't mean you have to earn that much each month. It means that you need an account where you know that that money's coming from. The second timeline, um, this was actually an idea from my lovely partner, um, <laughs> but it's to make kind of a year timeline or a coming month timeline of all anticipated income coming from any angle, whether that's opera engagement, whether it's concert engagement, whether it's teaching, you know, even if you have little jobs that you maybe do on the side, um, that you kind of, you're getting money for it, but you're maybe not keeping that big a check on it because it's something nice, you know, say if you have lots of opera, opera engagements, but you have a couple of students back at home, um, often that money can just kind of conveniently lose its way and not kind of consequently appear in your bank account. Yeah. Um, and see where you have gaps at the same time. So in this like second timeline of all work that's coming in, um, look and see if there are dry areas and that's really okay. Um, but there are things that you need to have in the back of your mind to either in advance, like get your students kind of ready um, kind of remind them to come just a few couple of weeks before that date or whatever it is that your second, maybe third or fourth source of income is. Um, and then budgeting. Best way to start is by kind of keeping a record and going back first. So have a little book, have a little Excel sheet, whatever works for you, whether you like computers or writing. I'm personally a writer. Me too. Um, I have a little notebook from, from Paper Chase with little piggy banks on the front. Um <laughs> And what really helped me was firstly going back and because I really thought I was being sensible when I started all of this. I honestly thought that I was already being careful and it wasn't until I wrote down with my own pen and paper and my own hands and thought, oh God, I'm actually losing a little bit of money here or I'm being, somehow weirdly on a Friday I do this or, um, and I couldn't see the patterns until I wrote it down. So I would say go back for at least two weeks and then continue for a whole month. Keep every receipt, write everything down. It hurts. It will be painful. <laughs> but it's worth it to know exactly what's gone out. Yeah. And then look for patterns and things that might surprise you. You might think that you're really being careful and find, oh, God, I do have that naughty little habit of going and buying stationery or whatever it may be. Mm. Um, and the last thing that I was going to say in terms of, like, recap 
was to anyone paying off debt, anyone dealing with debt that's not student loan or not a house loan, um, look up David Ramsey and the Snowball Method. Um, so for anyone who has commercial debt, um, is and it's basically a method where it takes the credit card where you have the highest percentage, you pay that off first aggressively regardless of how much money is on it. And if you have any other cards, you're kind of looking at paying them off according to how much percentage or APR you're paying them on each each month or each year. So um, they would be my like recap. And then I have goals too, but I don't need to just talk at you. Let's no, that is bloody awesome. And that's what we all need to hear. So when we're talking about the recap, we're referring to the episode that is going to be released in conjunction with this episode. So where Susie and I chat at great length about all these things and delve into them. So that's the recap of that. And in light of kind of the crazy current world events, we just wanted to have that information for you guys, um, super accessible and super clear. And then Susie, like... What do we do? What do we do now, man? Like, I mean, now's a great time in my perspective to start looking at these things because there might not be as many outgoing expenses. We're not going out. We're not socializing. We're not maybe able to buy stuff as much. Maybe people have access to online shopping. But I think for me, at least, it seems like a really big like spending pause in a way. So it's the perfect time to be looking at these things. But sort of bringing it a bit closer back to this moment now, like how can we start to be not totally freaking out about our money when our, there's a big like slash in our potential income in the in the next little while? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think the one of the biggest goals that we could possibly have as a freelancer is to treat ourselves as well as any employer would. And mm. so if you are one of those fortunate people who has been, bit, been smart, been careful with their money, maybe built themselves a little cushion. So I'm speaking first to the people who've kind of maybe already, you know, had the chance to put money aside. Mm-hmm. Those people, I would say, this is the time to begin paying yourself a salary. It's the key. Yeah. Step away from the feeling of being hand to mouth and step away from waiting for people to transfer engagement fees and decide on that basic amount that you want to live off. And now is the time to reduce that even further. Mm. So for example, I have an absolute minimum of um, a ridiculously no number because it's Berlin rent. Um, <laughs> let's pick an easy number, but say 500 euros a month. And that is everything I have because I have ruthlessly reduced my outgoings. Yeah. So all of my bills, my rent, um, all of those kind of, whether it's Spotify, if I allow myself that, or Netflix, do I really need it? Do we really need Amazon Prime? These are all things that we can look at just now and cut if yeah. necessary. Um, or like get on a family account at, or something, like join up with your mates yeah, exactly. or your mum and your dad or whatever. Like Exactly. And so look at that and find that base amount. So aim to, maybe if you're currently spending on average a 1000 a month, try and reduce it down to 700 um, or maybe if you're spending 2000 a month, see if you can halve it, like make it a game. Um, and the ways that I did that, um, so I decided on a basic amount that I wanted to live off and those are the monthly costs that you just can't get away from, but they're keeping a roof over your head, they're paying for all of your bills, yeah. they're allowing yourself a reasonable amount each week. Mm. And um, I set myself a goal of paying myself that money from a separate account each month. And in that month, in that kind of account where I have the bigger tub of money, let's say, mm-hmm. um, my goal was to have a year's worth of outgoing saved in there. And that, for every person, is going to be different. It could be that you look at it and say, oh, my God, I've only got, you know, two months' worth of, of spending in there right now. Um, but it, 
even if that, even if you don't have that huge cushion right now, it will still save you cash flow problems if you start to think smaller in terms of what you need each month. Yeah. And then you can, you know, I've, so I've made it now that any engagement fee, any money that I get goes into essentially accounts that have my yearly budget in it. Then I pay myself into a monthly budget. And my next tip was going to be, if you are in struggling right now and you really just don't know what to do and you're just covering mm. your rent and your um, your kind of the expenses that you have to pay each month, then I would say have a little challenge and make it a game. Um, open another account, which sounds maybe ridiculous or maybe counterproductive, but it's kind of a take on that old method of having an envelope budget. So yeah. on a Friday in the past, in the north where I grew up, the person who worked down the mines or whatever, they would have got their wages on a Friday and they would have had them in an envelope and they would have divided up for the week. They would have divided up what they had to pay in rent or what they needed for food, what they needed for fun, what they could spend in the pub. Um, (laughs) All of that would be put into different envelopes. And then you can't really go wrong. And I think a lot of what happens with modern day accounts is that maybe we do have a couple of accounts. Maybe you do have a savings account. But it is so easy to just tap. Yeah. It is almost too easy. The spending of money is, it's kind of, my father-in-law calls it the cost nix card, the cost nothing card. <laughs> um, and it's crazy because it doesn't, you don't feel like you're spending anything. So one of, one of my ways to combat this was um, that I, so I have my big pot, then I pay myself a monthly salary. And then to be really strict, because I think every artist has learned to invest in themselves. And it means that sometimes we can be a bit kind of skewed in um, what we spend money on and what is, it, what, is it okay to spend another 80 euros or 80 pounds mm. on a singing lesson even though I'm worrying about paying rent. But yeah. you kind of talk yourself around and say, it's okay to spend that money even though it might not actually be okay. Mm. Um, and so the idea behind it is that you have another account. So say this is like a free online one like TransferWise or Revolut. Um, and I then pay for my monthly account a weekly budget um so i allow myself a really small amount of money like let's say something crazy like only 40 only 35 or 40 euros a week mm-hmm. and then challenge myself to not spend more than that yeah <laughs> <is> really difficult. <laughs> totally. um, you could maybe make it 50 um but even then it's worth looking at like um rhiannon Llewellyn, who runs um the because why frugal life um Instagram yeah, page we're hopefully chatting I think her you're also going to speak to yeah yeah she's amazing um, she has she did an amazing YouTube video of how to spend 50 pounds for the entire month amazing amazing yes because that's yeah. the thing like we're all so kind of like that. yeah groceries are like I don't know how it is where you are but like the price of groceries has gone up or it's you know for a capsicum it costs nine dollars like just crazy stuff so we're kind of starting oh to think God. in our household about like, okay, like what can we start to cook? That is, you know, what can we use that for and that for? And we don't, we don't need to cook a dish with capsicums right now or like eggs are really cheap or whatever it may be, or we have access to heaps of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like what I found then also is by using the transfer wise um, or Revolut account for, or Monzo, I think is another option. Yeah. Um, by using one of those accounts for my weekly, um, not even discretionary spending, not even fun spending, I'm talking about like the bare bones of what you need to survive. Yeah. Um, it updates me every time. So I really love that it has that function on the app where it tells me 
you've just spent six euro at the supermarket, you have twenty nine euros. Oh, I love that I so much that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it means that that feeling of like it didn't cost me anything of just tapping is kind of gone. Mm. Um, and it just means you can track spending easier. So regardless of what circumstance you're in, whether you're really in the, oh God, I really don't have enough for the next month and a half, two months, three months, um, there's still a way of, of helping yourself and not panicking. Um, as if you have this other way of kind of hiding money from yourself. That's what I have to do personally. <laughs> Good Lord. So um, to summarize. Oh, sorry, oh. darling. Yeah, keep going. No, I think it's something to do with just this way that we're kind of, we, we develop later, so we get so accustomed to investing um, and so accustomed to essentially spending, whether it's on flights, whether it's on um, on another coaching, on yeah. getting to that audition and paying for a hotel, because you want to sleep well, because you want to get the job. Um, we kind of learn to spend money um, more than we learn to put it aside. It's so true. And, it's so true. And I, and I think we have to look at that and maybe take the time now if all of those spending, if all of those things have gone. Something else you can do um, in this current situation is contact every single flight provider, every single hotel, and fight for your money back. Like they're all going through loopholes right now in terms of um, legal rights mm. um, due to the nature of force majeure or um, extraordinary circumstances, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and trying to hold on to that money because all of the, you know, the, the aviation industry and um, hospitality and um, kind of hotels and restaurants, whatever, they're all trying to hold on to their money. But there are ways around it and um, of informing yourself so that you could get money back for a flight or save the, um, I've just applied to get, um, I don't know how, like a voucher for every flight that I had booked for the next half a year. Yeah. Um, so I've applied for vouchers back to use that money at a later date. Totally. And I think it's so important because it's, you know, we we have so many um, outgoings. Like we say, okay, well, I'm, I'm booking that accommodation and that flight for that gig. And then I'm assuming that gig is going to happen. And when I get paid, that's going to cover that. So it's kind of the cash flow. We're so used to a certain way of the cash flow operating that, you know, Number one, now is a great time to change that way and have a sort of stopgap in that way of the cash flow operation. But it is also important to say, hey, what can I get back? You know, I know, for example, there are a couple of like hotels for work and stuff that they initially said, no, 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 nothing can be done. And now they've changed their policy and they're offering refunds. But they kind of you have to make sure you check your emails or you get back in touch with them or some of them say, you know, it's an elective refund. So I think people really should get onto that. Yeah, definitely. And kind of taking the time to the time with your finances, however scary it may be. And I, I, you know, I've been that person, you know, three, four, five years ago who just didn't have a handle on things. I was, I was earning money, but because I was spending so much on myself, I kind of was always out of pocket. Mm. Um, and I just didn't know how to kind of pull my socks up and and figure out what to do. And it was it was honestly like wonderful friends who gave me advice and a lot of reading. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, to turn things around. And, and this is a really a chance to kind of be honest with yourself, to look, yeah. you know, look that in the shadows. exactly what goes out and, yeah. and reduce it down yeah. um, so that you don't feel quite so desperate or worried. What, to the person who is feeling totally panicked right now, so we've sort of talked about the person who might have either a couple of months or a month or 
six months of stuff put away and then the kind of steps for them would be to okay divide that up into well first figure out what you spend in a month divide that up uh you know the cushion amount into okay how many months do i have and put that into a yearly account a monthly account and then put it in that envelope budget thing and kind of maybe into then a sub account for spending what about the person and we can come back to maybe some ideas about how to kind of you know be creative about earning money i don't know we have no idea about that but maybe we can brainstorm but what about the person who is totally freaking out right now who is you of three years ago as you just described yourself or however many years ago and now doubling the kind of trickiness of the situation so it's a tricky conversation to have with yourself anyway but now with all this stuff going on i think it's probably like making it even trickier what you know, are the first steps the same for that person? If they're freaking out right now, what are their like go-to things right this very second as they're listening to the podcast? Totally. Um, I think it completely depends now in that question on where you live. Yeah. So, um, so Rhiannon Llewellyn, um, I know has just done an amazing video on somebody in the UK. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, who is worrying about this. Um, and I've just done a lot of research into Germany because that's where I'm based. Mm-hmm. But I also had a quick look, and in France, um, small businesses and freelancers who make less than sixty thousand a year, they can apply for a fifteen hundred euro um, in aid if they're being forced to close or their revenue falls by more than seventy percent this month. Amazing. Um, um, Italy doesn't have as much; they're not receiving as much support. They only have a one-off payment of six hundred euros for self-employed workers. And, and then tax relief. Um, mm-hmm. And other support methods in France um, are also tax and social security payments. So, and the main one um, that I can really um, give a bit of insight to is in Germany. Um, my I work for a translation company as well, and my boss um, from Red, Red Tape, um, she's another fellow Aussie like yourself, lovely Kathleen Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, She's just done an amazing help kind of walk you through the um, the form to get anything up to 5,000 euros um, for um, immediate support for the next six months. Incredible. Um, and it's fantastic. Um, so it completely depends where you are and it depends on your circumstance within that country and like how clear your finances can be in terms of how easy it is to provide evidence that you need help, that you, uh-huh. so you it might be something like um, emails or letters saying that your jobs have been cancelled and that income's gone, um, you know, to be able to provide the proof of what you projected as your income and what your now projected income will be if it's completely zero. Mm-hmm. Or I think the kind of, the France, the France statement of losing more than 70% is really, you're in a circumstance where you then really need help, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think if you are really worrying, then just look at what's available to um, to freelance artists in your country. And there is, you know, most countries are doing something. They do know um, yeah. just how precarious the situation is, and they want to help those people. Totally. Um, I love what you said about what you know, collecting the information. Because whether it's some, um, I know there are some sort of. Uh, you know, like Help Musicians UK and um, the Benevolent Fund, I think, as well in the UK and a bunch of organisations like that, Tate Memorial Trust, they're all looking into different um, kind of ways of helping privately as well as um, some 
government stimulus packages and funding and stuff. Um, and yeah. also I spoke to the um, Artist Relief Tree about what they're doing. And a lot of them are kind of like one-off payments to help people cover those immediate um, expenses. Um, but in relation to both the government payments and the private payments, you know, you mentioned what kind of documents people can start collating to maybe have the information ready for those applications. Is there anything else that you've come across or can think of, like, so maybe letters um, of termination of contract or cancellation, the contracts themselves, is there anything else that maybe might be useful for people to collect while they're waiting to get in line to apply? Yeah, well, I think in, in Germany, what I've um, learned over the past few years that if you can bear it, really allow them your bank statement. It makes mm-hmm. it so clear for them. Um, and you and they can't really argue about it. They can just see this person is going to struggle. They have this amount going out in their, um, you know, their base budget, what they need each month, um, and they're currently not going to make it through once they've proved that X, X and X contracts are not happening. Or that your teaching is all cancelled because your students aren't allowed to gather away from their homes. Yeah. Um, they're really legitimate reasons for your income to drastically decrease. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, especially if you're maybe teaching privately, there is no other way to prove that than to say you have gone into social distancing or self-isolation because of the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, so I think it's maybe not as, you know, if you were applying for, say, in a in a worst case scenario, if you already had liquidation problems and you needed to declare bankruptcy before this was happening, you're often not eligible for these things. So you have to prove mm. that you had jobs planned or that you had this amount of students um, or that you had this amount of work coming up and that that's gone. And it yeah. can either be through corona um, or it can be through, you know, through, you know, proving that yourself or it can be through companies sending you an email saying, we're so sorry, we've had to postpone or cancel X gig or... Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it's so much to think about. Speaking of teaching, it's a kind of a bit of a um veer, like a like a side road here. But um I know myself included, like a lot of people um are sort of innovating in the in terms of the way that they teach. I've kind of taught and mentored online for years, but for people that might be a new concept for, do you kind of have any I don't know, this is like a random brainstorm time. Do you have any ideas in terms of like how people can begin to innovate in terms of maybe teaching online or, um, you know, I don't know, offering like a lot of people teach group classes as well. I know a lot of friends who teach yoga or movement, they're doing group sessions on Zoom. Any kind of random thoughts in terms of the way that people might be able to earn money at the moment? Yeah, I think um, it depends what you're good at. So for example, my... Um lovely fiance he is amazing at math mm-hmm. and he has just improvised and got himself an online whiteboard so he can ah. sit with his students like on skype or whatever you know app they're using and they can draw on the same whiteboard at the same time wow that is um, awesome yeah <laughs> um, it's kind of not even screen sharing they're just you know, the student sends him a photo or a picture of the problem that they're doing, the, the task, and they will then figure it out, to, you know, or he will teach him in a different way. Um, so I think it's like slightly adapting. That's um, amazing. That's one idea. What's um, that called? Do you know, is there like a particular um, site or app or something? Um, oh God, I don't actually know the name of the 
whiteboard up, he's using. But I know that in Germany he's registered on betreut.de, which means kind of like care. I think it's for Nachhilfe, which is the German word for tutoring. Oh, cool, um, yeah. So he, he already had a few students, but he's kind of updated his, um, his tutoring page so that it says, I've made everything um, suitable for online teaching. And it means the parents can also, you know, they could be in the same office room as the children at home so everyone's having to work from home and the kids are actually quiet for a couple of hours and they're being looked after by a teacher and they're getting to fit so he's actually finding the students are coming for lessons more than usual that's a great um, idea because yeah the parents are desperate for home with all of the homeschooling is he changing Um, his sort of like without giving a specific is he changing his pricing schedule knowing that people are looking at say if they want a maths lesson it's like i know there's um people doing like pe lessons and stuff online if he's giving a lesson to multiple students is he kind of shifting his pricing saying hey i'm offering a group class and it's going to be less or i'm offering one-on-one tutoring and if you book 10 sessions or is it just a people because there are people still in jobs we have to remember in the arts like there are people still in jobs that are willing for the you know children to get educated and to pay for tutoring sessions like you know, has he found an impact in terms of that? Um, I don't think he... I mean, he's much more... I mean, just as a personal thing, he's more comfortable teaching one-on-one when it comes to tutoring. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's surely a... You could probably find ways of maybe increasing your fee if you're teaching three children at the same time, maybe charging, I don't know, 60 euros for an hour rather than, than 30 or 40 um, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, allowing the, the parents then to discreetly amongst themselves, you know, divide the price, giving them some kind of a discount, but at the same time still showing what you're worth. Yeah, that's. Um, I think that's so important at this time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and what are other ideas that you can do? Like, um, whether, I mean, I've seen a lot of people offering their services in terms of if they're really good at admin, that when I lived there going to that bloody Anmeldung was just like oh my god I don't know any of these words um so funny man 
Um, you're an absolute legend. Speaking of um, online teaching, I better go and do some online teaching. Um, but yeah. thank you so much for speaking to us today. And again, I'll point the listeners to um, our episode that we'll release in conjunction with this, where we delve kind of way deeper into all of these things. And, um, you know, we can do little updates about, you know, how it's, you know, going in all different countries and stuff like that and get some resources to everyone. But thank you so much, Susie, yeah. because you are a guru and a legend and a goddess, and I just adore you. Oh, sweetie. I'm so <laughs> glad that it's helpful. I hope it's helpful. I mean, super, if we have one person, we've done something right. Exactly. I feel like that's motto for life. Bloody amazing. Mm-hmm.